Did your favorite NFL team win the Super Bowl? No? Then the NFL Draft is your Super Bowl. I'm Danny Heifetz, and from now until the draft, we are turning our fantasy football show feed into the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk about the top players and most important storylines for the NFL Draft. So join us on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is game one reaction to the New York Knickerbockers taking down the Cleveland Cavaliers. What a way to start off the postseason. 101-97. The Knicks one down, three to go in this best of seven series. Welcome into a special edition of New York, New York. Little extra pep in my step as we are ready to have some fun over the next couple of minutes. And listen. That was a game that would have driven you to drink if the Knicks found a way to lose. They were up comfortably in the fourth quarter. Outside of Donovan Mitchell, let's be honest, nobody on the Cleveland Cavaliers could hit a shot. Mobley was awful. Garland, down a stretch, was nowhere to be found. Okoro was nowhere to be found. And the Knicks did a better job of taking advantage of the turnovers and capitalizing on the turnovers. And they're up by like eight to 10 points with five minutes to go. You're like, all right, they got it in the bag. Then you got to watch Donovan Mitchell basically go and hit shot after shot after shot. And when Brunson turned it over on back-to-back possessions and Barrett put up an awful shot, and all of a sudden that 10-point lead is a Cleveland one-point lead, I am about to lose it because I'm saying, Cleveland's done everything wrong in this game. You got good minutes out of Randall. You got great minutes out of the bench. Hart was all over the place. He made every play imaginable. You can't lose this game. The biggest shot at the end of this game, without a doubt, down one, Knicks reeling. Josh Hart steps up. He's gimpy. He's hobbling. Boom! He bangs the three. That moment right there allowed the Knicks to breathe a little bit. And from that point forward, let's be honest, Jalen Brunson took the game over. 
And what I love so much about what you saw from the Knickerbockers at the end of this game, Julius Randle was not forcing the issue. You know, Julius got off to a really good start to this game. He faded down the stretch. You wonder if conditioning was a factor. But the Knicks basically said, all right, we paid Jalen Brunson a ton of money. He is our dog. He is our leader. We're going to let him go and close the game. And that's exactly what he did. Brunson hit big shot after big shot. And the Knicks wanted it more than the Cavaliers. Let's be honest. How many second and third opportunities did the Knicks get, including that Hortenstein tip, which ended up being significant? Or at the end of the game, when they get the miss, and then Grimes ends up going to the charity stripe and hits the two big free throws. The Knicks wanted this game more than the Cavaliers. It wasn't pretty. Listen, Knicks scored 23 fourth quarter points. But when they needed to make big plays, they were able to make big plays. And the Nova boys, let's be honest, were the biggest difference in the game. The Nova boys won the game for the New York Knickerbockers. Hart with the intangibles, with the effort, going 8 of 11 from the field, 17 and 10. Biggest three of the game without hesitation. And, you know, Jalen Brunson had foul trouble early in this game. Jalen Brunson got off to a really good start where it's like, all right, he's cooking. He's in the groove. He's in the rhythm. Picked up some cheapies. Blocking foul early. He ends up with three fouls. I mean, you go look at his style and he only played 30 minutes tonight. So that third quarter, it took him a little bit of time to go and get himself to where he needed to be. You, you could see that feeling out process. But down the stretch, he was money. And the Knicks did what they needed to do. They stole the first game. They now can go and play game two with a whole lot of house money. And as I've said all along in this series, the Knicks are legitimately live. You know, I picked Cleveland to win in seven. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I picked Cleveland to win in seven. But you look at that Cleveland bench. I mean, Levert was awful. They basically had Osman guarding Brunson at the end of the game. I couldn't believe that. I mean, Cleveland has no bench. Can we call it like it is? Cleveland has no bench. So it's going to be about Mitchell and Garland, and it's going to be about their size. It is amazing to me. The Knicks got as many opportunities as they did on the glass, considering Cleveland's starting two bigs. I mean, Cleveland is starting Allen, and they're starting Mobley. And yet, it felt like the Knicks were getting rebound after rebound after rebound. That's exactly the way you wanted to start this series. All in all, I think you have to be pleased with what you saw out of Randall. The Villanova boys end up being the difference in the game. If there is a negative, I mean, Barrett was just dreadful. I mean, Barrett was dreadful from beyond the arc. Barrett was dreadful inside the arc. It didn't matter where R.J. Barrett was tonight. He flat out stunk up the joint. Could not have played worse. 2 or 12 from the field. Only giving you seven points. Stunk. But you live to tell about it. This is a poor opposite start for the Knicks compared to what it was two years ago against Atlanta. They're on the road, which I like. I told you that. I told you I like the idea that the Knicks are going to be on the road to start this series. Your All-NBA player played hurt, played on the gimpy ankle, and was instrumental in the first half. And your backcourt and your extra effort and your second and third opportunities with a difference in the second half. That's how you start a Saturday night, baby.
That's how you start a Saturday night. The New York Knickerbockers taking game one of this series. All right, we're fired up. Let's get rocking. Uh, calls galore, request to speak. You guys know the deal here on Twitter Spaces. Uh, if you haven't been in, listen, welcome. We have a lot of fun. We haven't done one of these in a couple of weeks since opening day. So let's have some fun. We lead it off. Tony uh, gets us started. I hope a very jubilant Tony. Tony, the floor is yours. How we doing, babe? JJ, I am pumped, baby. Let's go. We got Knicks game one. Uh, Tibbs with the staggered lineups. Awesome rotating guys in and out all game. I want to give kudos to Julius Randle, man. That that offensive rebound under a minute was so big. And like he is always, people talk about him as a ball hog, but he got that big rebound, passed the ball out. And that, that really won us the game. So I love seeing a guy like Julius Randle just making a big rebound in a huge spot. That's not him holding the ball, taking an ISO shot. That's him playing winning basketball. I love this series for us, and I'm I'm pumped, JJ. Well, you should be. Tony, listen, here's the biggest positive to me from a Randall perspective. He did not force the issue tonight. There are times you watch Julius Randall and, and you feel like something stupid is going to happen, right? At the end of the game, he's going to play hero ball or he's going to commit that technical. You know, there was that sequence under the basket when he had the hard foul from Jared Allen where he basically put his hands up in the air. He's like, hey, listen, the last thing I want right now is to cost my team. That was super cool to see because we didn't see that a couple of weeks ago from Julius Randle. So maybe he's starting to get the memo. He didn't force the issue. And listen, second half, let's be real, Tone. He did not have a great second half, if we're being honest. He didn't have a great second half. But his points in the first half were instrumental. And in the second half, you back what won you the game. Brunson and Hart flat out won the game for the New York Knickerbockers. There's no other way around it. Now, before we take one more call, well, one more call. We got a bunch of calls to get. Who the hell are we getting? One more call. I'm like trying to rush you through. We're going to be here for the next couple of minutes. Um, want to mention quick, six is stuck into the Nets today. I mean, Philadelphia could not have played better from beyond the three-point arc. They had 21 threes today. I mean, to me, if you're Brooklyn, you're better off letting B go and get 50 points. Everybody and their mother hit threes for Philadelphia. Um, and the Nets end up getting smoked in game one. You get 30 from Bridges. Bridges is a tremendous player. I really like him a lot. But, you know, the Nets, to me, just don't have much of a prayer in this series, if we're being real. The Nets need to go and hit, like, 23s a game to have a shot to go and get you two. That's kind of the way I see this series. Don't expect much. Long story short, don't expect much. To the great Hector in Washington Heights. Hello, Hector. How we doing, babe? Excited, excited. And you nailed it, man. At the end of this game, I was thinking, oh, man, am I going to have to go have me a drink? Because this is going to be brutal if we if we blow this game, man. But listen, they pulled it off. And, and, and you can't get upset at that, right? You're on the road. You're, you're playing a good team. So you're expecting them to make a run. And you're playing against a great player. And he did what he was supposed to do. Unfortunately for us, he wasn't able to close out and we were able to close it out. Um, but like you guys said, man, like Tony said, Randall with that key rebound, like you stated, Josh Hart with the key, with the key three down the down the stretch, um, and just all the way around, the bench play was great. You know, the the our rebounding them, and, and the Hart Foundation. I listen. I know Mitch does what he does, but I'm almost at the point where I'd rather see Hart inside at the end of the game or in clutch key spots over Mitch because he just seems to be able to get those key rebounds too. Where Mitch, you know, sometimes bobbles them and all that. But we're not here to complain, man. I think it's great to go out there, take game one, and take it, man. Go out there, take game two now. Now that you won game one, don't stop there, you know? Um, but just excited, like you said, 
I'm not even going to say a good way to start the Saturday because I'll say a good way to continue the Saturday because, you know, Mets win. Well, yeah, nice win from the Mets today. Canna with a big home run. And uh, it, it must be nice, Hector, getting the triple-A Oakland A's for a couple of days, but no excuses. Go and win the games, right? Bottom line. He did it, and I'm not going to I'm not going to um, apologize for it. But we're not here for that, man. Just great, great, great job by the Knicks all the way around. I, I would like to see, and I'm not going to put it on Brunson. I don't know if it's Tibbs. I don't want to catch any heat for this. But I would like to see a little bit more ball movement there at the end, JJ. I don't know about you. I thought they got a little bit stagnant and it worked out again. We got the W. But just, you know, going forward, I just like to see a little bit more ball movement. You know, Hector, I, Hector, I get that. I, I know that's a complaint you hear a lot um, and, and it's frustrating at the end of these games. But that's the NBA in a nutshell. You're going to see a lot of isolation at the end of these games. That's just the way it works out. That's the way it shakes out. You need guys to go and step up and make big shots and make big plays. And thankfully, the Villanova boys were able to do that. It started with Hart, hit the biggest shot of the game without hesitation. And then from that point forward, Jalen Brunson brought you home. Let's head to the great Anthony in Syosset. He is ready to go. He joins us here on this Saturday night. Syosset, welcome. How are you, my friend? I'll tell you a few things that I like. I like that they blew you know, a double-digit lead and still won. I like that Brunson got into the foul trouble, which was a little, you know, fugazi in the first half, came back and still had a big game. I like that Randall, you know, was doing everything he could to turn into playoff Randall and uh, ended up coming in with the rebound after kind of being a no-show. But the reason that they could win and he was a no-show is, you know, they have now what they didn't have against Atlanta. They basically, not only Brunson, but I'll go as far as saying Hart, they have two guys that can take the pressure off of him in these games where he can disappear they can stay in the game, and then he can come up with, you know, a non-scoring play at the end like that rebound. So that was fun, dude. I mean, I don't want to get crazy. Yeah, we, of course, we're Nick fans. You get a little crazy, you go a little nuts. You know, I expect cl- – I also love the fact that this Met fan fucked Mitchell had almost 40 points, and they still couldn't beat uh, beat the Knicks. I mean, isn't that great that this piece of shit that loves to remind you he's a Met fan every five minutes almost had 40 points, and that still wasn't enough to beat the Knicks? I love that, Jay. I love it. No, listen, Sayasa, he couldn't have played better. I mean, he hit so many daggers down the stretch of this game. He missed a big one late, um, but you can go after him on defense. And here's what you notice about Cleveland. If Cleveland is not going to get big minutes out of Mobley and they're not going to get big minutes out of Levert coming off the bench, they got nobody coming off that bench that scares you. Nobody. And you look at the Knicks, the Knicks are bringing Hart off the bench for 17. Toppin gave him good minutes in game nine. Hartenstein gave him eight. Like, the Knicks bench, I think, outscored Cleveland's bench. Like, it was like 31 to, like, 16 or something outrageous, some along the lines of that. Listen, Syosset, you nailed it. This Knicks team is so much better and is so much more complete than what they were two years ago. Two years ago, they were about defense. They were hard-nosed. They were overachievers. This team, offensive efficiency, you know you don't like the nerd stuff, and I know you're not a big metrics guy, Syosset. But the Knicks, offensively speaking, I mean, their metrics, they were like a top seven offense in the NBA all year, all year. You know, you brought up the point, too. I love that, you know, Thibodeau has given R.J. Barrett every chance to make a play. And, you know, he had some good defensive stances here and there, but the turnovers were killer. He takes him out, and that 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 group of five that you saw at the end of the game, which included Hartenstein, and it included Grimes, basically, you know, th- these are... It's not that they're no names, but to your point, they're a deeper team right now than Cleveland. Cleveland has the best player in the series. 
But the Knicks, I think, are, in terms of a team, the better team. And and how many Nick teams of the past, JJ, especially in playoff positions, give up that lead with that dagger three and don't come back? Oh, they lose the game. Syacet, they lose the game. You are so right about that. And that's why, to me, you could go through a variety of different plays in this game. The hard three, right after Cleveland got the lead, was the biggest shot of the game. Because it stabilized things for the Knicks. It stabilized things. It's like, okay, we got the lead again. We're all right. You get a stop, and then Brunson took over from there. Yes, many other Knicks teams give up that lead and then lose the game. Not only did they lose the game. So I asked it, I'm watching the game. I'm saying, shit, they better go and cover my five and a half. Let's be honest. Yeah, and, and, this, and this is the last thing I'll say. You know, you would expect Cleveland to bounce back. But also, if you're, if you're Cleveland, if you're a fan, if you're on that team, you got to say, like, what else do we have to do? They come back from double digits, they take the lead, and they still lose the game. So it's got to be a little disheartening. I expect the home team to come back and then set up for a huge game three. And, and one last thing I'd like to ask you, maybe it's more a question for your producer. There's a lot of people on Twitter that I know we're busy now with baseball going into football, and you guys are going to have a busy show for months. But a lot of people on Twitter are asking for a recap of the dinner at your bachelor party. Is there any truth to the rumor that you may do uh, an episode uh, recapping that dinner at Carbone or no? Uh, listen, Syosset, you may hear about that, uh, at some point, you know, we'll see. I appreciate it. Um, we had a 29 person dinner at Carbone. True story. To quote the great Christopher Russo, true story. That did happen. It was quite outrageous. I'll leave it at that. Uh, let's head to, uh, our buddy Johnny, who's up next. Uh, he joins us. Johnny, the floor is yours. Hello, sir. Hey, what's going on, man? Johnny, welcome. How are you, my friends? I'm I'm amazing. Great win by the Knicks. Um, you you hit on it just before. Like Obi played very excellent in this game. He gave them exactly what they needed—a body and points when Randall needed to go out. But let's give Leon Rose like his roses on this Josh Hart trade. Oh, it's highway robbery. Excellent point. Excellent, excellent point, Johnny. Uh, because the Knicks. You saw the difference in the team when Hart came in, like, what was it, late January, early February? And he's so much better than the numbers would even indicate. He's a winning player. He's a winning player. And he's meant for New York. That's what it, but you nailed it. He's a blue guy, and he's meant for New York, John. There are certain guys that kind of take on the personality of the city. Josh Hart is one of these guys that takes on the personality of the city without question. Hey, hey, you're, you're, you're only like a couple of years older than me. So I, I can't think of like a nineties Nick who he reminds me of. Is there anybody who like comes to mind? I was sitting here all game trying to think of like who I could compare him to on those nineties teams. And there's just nobody that comes to mind. He's his own player, but yeah, like you said, he's just made for New York really pumped that they won this game. Um, and it feels like they're the better team. They just got to make sure that Mitchell doesn't go nuclear in any of these games. But thanks, JJ. Uh, appreciate you. And I'll, I'll let you get to everybody else. Well, Johnny, I appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time. Um, a- a- as far as the comparison for Josh Hart, it's hard, man. Like, Starks is his own breed. He's not Starks. Hart's good. He's not as good as Starks. I mean, Starks is freaking six man of the year. Starks made an all-star team, you know? And basically was the second best player on a team that was one win away from winning a title. Like, think about that for a minute. Second best player on a team that was that close to winning a title. So I I don't know if I like Starks. I don't even have one. 
You know, he's a better player than a guy like Childs. Childs was a guy you wanted a Fox Solo at the end of these games. He was great defensively. He would step up and hit some big shots late. Like, I always was a big Chris Childs fan. I didn't even like when the Knicks traded him away. Remember they traded him for Mark Jackson, and then Childs came back to the Garden and stuck it up the Knicks' rear end when he was with Toronto. They beat him in the playoffs. I, I don't have... I, I'm going to think about that, but I really don't have a comparison for Hort. But he's made for New York. He's a glue guy. He does the dirty work. He's after every single loose ball, and he, he can hit some shots, too. There's no doubt he can hit some shots. Uh, let's head to the great Kenny in Staten Island, New York. I'm going to be seeing him in a couple of days on the golf course. Kenny, ready to roll. How are you, my friend? What's happening? JJ, brother? always a pleasure. Appreciate these spaces. Oh, we're rocking, Kenny. We haven't had one since opening day. So uh, we were ready to rock, man. We were ready to rock. Listen, great win. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm yelling at the TV to take Barrett off the court. When Barrett was on the court, remind me of a hockey game that the, down the stretch, the Cavaliers were on a power play. Because Barrett just shit the bed, as always. So it was great when he got pulled and they put Hartenstein in. He came up with one of the biggest plays in the game, tipping the ball out, which basically sealed the deal when Grimes hit the two free throws. But moving forward, listen, the Knicks are the better team. You know, you can't you can't rely on one guy, Mitchell. And for Garland not to get involved at all, I don't even know if he even had a shot. At Bro, where was Garland? That's such a great point, Kenny. Where was Garland in the fourth quarter of this game for Cleveland? Now, listen, I know Mitchell hit a lot of big shots and he made a lot of big plays. You can't see Darius Corwin become invisible like that. If that's going to happen, the Knicks are in great, they're in great shape for this series. Great shape. Cleveland just can't rely on Mitchell to, to win the game. He's not Michael Jordan that's going to put 60 up against the Knicks, you know? So, you know, moving forward, I like the Knicks' chances here. They, they came out. And remember, the Knicks, once they got hot, they were hot down the stretch. This team gel. Yeah, they hit a little, a little patch, a little rough patch, a couple of games here and there. But listen, I love this team. This team shows a lot of heart, uh, a lot of determination. Thibodeau stuck with the stuck with the game plan. Past teams would get rattled in these situations. They would just fall apart after after Cleveland took the lead. The Knicks showed a lot of heart there, just winning this game. And uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say the Knicks win by double digits next game. I'm telling you. Wow. So Kenny, you like them? Well, I've not seen a number. What do you think the number? It's four and a half right now. The point. So, and and when and when the sharpies hit the hit this game, it's going to go down to four or three. And, and Kenny, let, let's be honest. The Knicks can let it all hang out in the game too. That is that is a no pressure game for the Knicks. That's a no pressure game for the Knicks. They did their job here, getting at least the split. They'll go back to Madison Square Garden at worst one one. And listen, they are the deeper team. They have had success against Cleveland in the regular season. The only thing you got to be concerned about here is the idea of Mitchell going off and just killing you. That's the biggest concern I have with the Knicks. In yeah, this but you know what? He went off tonight, and they still won the game. And they lost the game. That's fair. They did. I mean, Mitchell, let's be honest. Look at his stat line tonight. 14 to 30. He had 38 points. Now, 6 to 16 from 3. Mitchell did not shoot it great from beyond the arc, but he had 38 points, and you still live to tell about it because everybody else for Cleveland played extremely poorly. And that's one thing, Kenny, you got to take into account now. They are going to hit some of those shots that they did not hit in game one. They're going to hit a couple and, of those. And the Knicks are going to, you know, and Barrett, obviously, he's got to be out there. Hopefully, he could put 20 in. That's all you need from him is 20 points. That's all you need from him. And and, and another stat that I like, uh, both teams basically had the same amount of turnovers, but the Knicks outscored them 26 to 10. 
off of turnovers, points off turnovers. That's a huge stat. That's an excellent point, Kenny, especially in the first half. Appreciate the call as always. I will see you on the golf course in a couple of days. Um, first half, the Knicks were capitalizing on those Cleveland mistakes. Cleveland, on the other hand, was not. Like, the turnovers, they, they were basically equal. If you look at the turnovers for the game, Knicks turned the ball over 13 times, Cleveland turned the ball over 14 times. Now, I don't have in front of me the official stat of what the points, the off turnovers were, but the Knicks took advantage of that. They did so in a big way. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Uh, let's head to uh, our pal, Matty Ice is up next. Matty Ice, the floor is yours. Welcome, sir. What's happening, man? Hey, JJ, I love that you're doing these spaces, man. Um, look, Oh, they're fun. I mean, listen, Saturday night, having a cocktail, talking some Nick Cavalier basketball. Life is good, man. Good win for the Knicks. I'm enjoying it. It's great, man. The last time I talked to you was JJ After Dark. It was probably, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Who knows when it was, but it's just great to see you. Wow. Long time ago in a galaxy, uh, Matty, far, far away. So welcome. It's good hearing your voice, man. I mean, you know, he was talking about the, the guy a couple of... Um, uh, callers, I keep saying callers, but the guy a couple of um, voices ago was talking about Josh Hart and comparing it. Callers works. It still applies, Matty. It still applies. Fuck it, man. It still applies. There you go. Before, but he, you know, he, he was trying to find that comparison to, to a 90s Nick with Josh Hart. And the thing about it is that Josh Hart essentially gives you what the 90s Knicks were, was the toughness, but he's not a knucklehead. I mean, if there's one thing to pick apart, and I was a 90s Knicks guy, those guys were great. They were overachievers. They were tough and rough, but they were they were knuckleheads. And Josh Hart is a championship pedigree, mentally tough guy. And that's why there's really no comp to him. So it's just, you can't underestimate it. But just to pick apart the game tonight, the one thing I'll say is I'd love to see Emmanuel Quigley do a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe Cleveland was really, you know, trying to take him out of the game. But I'd like to see a little bit more from like our, our version of the microwave, JJ. Well, Matty, he was so instrumental for them 
throughout the regular season. And it actually got to a point in the fourth quarter where I'm wondering, where is Emmanuel quickly? Because he played the entire second quarter. Remember, Jalen Brunson, foul trouble, basically sat the entire second period. And quickly never got going in this game. I mean, he was all five from field goal range. He ended up with three points. That's not the version of quickly you saw in, in big games for the Knicks this year. And you know what, Matty? I look at that as a positive. You want a game on the road in the playoffs where quickly didn't hit a three and didn't hit a field goal. And, and he's one of the most important Nick players as far as I'm concerned. So I'll take that as a major, major win. To, to, like you just said, in order to get a row winner to really win this series, I thought he was going to have a big offensive impact. But let's see what happens. Anyways, man, good to hear your voice. And uh, I'll, I'll go back to the listener. Thanks, man. I appreciate that, Matty. Thanks for coming by. Uh, we'll be doing, remember, game two is, I believe, Tuesday night. Yes, Tuesday night. These schedules, let me tell you something. The schedules with the Rangers and the Knicks, and then you throw in the Islanders, and they're going to drive me to drink. Like, I, I actually need a calendar on my desk basically detailing when every single game is going to be. I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch them. That's why my, my future wife is going to uh, Seattle over the next couple of days. I'm like, good. Uh, it's going to be busy around here. You're not going to be seeing much of me. That's why it's beautiful. I, I get out, I work, do a little podcasting during the day, do a little golf during the day, and then, you know, we grind in, rock and roll, nighttime, and take it from there. Uh, let's head to Joe, who joins us next. Joe, welcome in, my friend. How are you, sir? About the game today, I, I, on that stat line, it was 26-10 on points of turnovers. There you go. Excellent job on that, 26-10. And it, it was, no, Joe, it was very noticeable in the first half of this game, dude. Very noticeable. They, they stopped the bleeding in the first half. Brunson didn't play much. He had foul problems. The bench really, really saved them. You look at the Cavs bench, except for Osman in the second half, they really didn't do much. I mean, Harnstein, another unbelievable pickup, plays all 82 games, does the little things well, passes. They really have a deep bench, which is the, the big difference from two years ago. I'm treating this like the Giants this year. Let them try to win around, and let's see what happens. You never know. It's, it's enjoyable to watch. I'm just enjoying it. It's great. Listen, it's fun. It's so much fun, Joe, to have the Knicks and the Rangers, and all of these teams from the winter sports playing this time of the year. It's so refreshing. Like, it brings me back to my childhood. When I, you know, Joe, I grew up, and basically it was a given that Patrick Ewing and the Knicks were going to be playing in April and May, and an average year, they'd go to the second round. A good year, they'd go to the conference finals. A great year, they'd go to the NBA finals. Like, that's what I grew up in the 1990s. We went a decade, bro with the Knicks not even making a postseason. So, like, to have them in it, to have them alive, like, you're so right about that, dude. It's so refreshing. And the only, really, the only, the only comp I could come up with hard is really Chris Childs. There's really nobody else. It's, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. It's not really Stark. Stark's the different things. Chris Childs is probably the only one I could think of. That's the one that came to mind for me, Joe. Appreciate it, man. I, I think Hart's a better offensive player than Childs. The game is also so different. It's so different. Like what a role player did then and what a role player does now. I mean, listen, you have to be able to shoot it. If, if you can't shoot it now, you have no place in the modern day NBA. Those guys in the 90s, I mean, listen, they were playing games. They'd play the heat. It'd be like 75-70 and that'd be, a, that'd be an NBA playoff game. Different world. Totally different world. 
Let's head to the great Charlie in Elmhurst. He's up next. The floor is yours. Hello, Charlie. Hey, JJ. Wow. This was a thrilling, uh, thrilling one. Like, I like the fact the Knicks start off the road and they come up like they wanted more. And I was so like looking forward to this one. And my goodness, like the, the discrepancy of this Nick team is so different from two years ago. Like, we don't, I mean, Randall, he's not the guy. It's Brunson, like, uh, in crunch time. We know Randall in, in the first half, he got his, uh, points with, while Brunson was in foul trouble. And my goodness, I'm gonna say this bench, like, with chipping in, but especially Josh Hart, the Villanova boys. My goodness, like, Josh Hart, like, uh, you see a lot of missed, like, layups and alley-oops, like, in a, like, throughout this game. And Josh Hart's cleaning up all those mess and, you know, giving second chance opportunities. And like Harnstein too, with a tip in, save another possession. I mean, like completely, this, this Nick team is so different from two years ago's Nick team. Well, they're better offensively. That's what it boils down to, Charlie. They are so much better offensively. The metrics back it up. The numbers back it up. And it starts, of course, with Jalen Brunson. It goes without saying. You have a legitimate point guard. You have a four general. You have somebody you trust at the end of these games. So that that's an easy answer right there. But Hart, listen, doing all the little things. And a lot of those second and third opportunities were from Josh Hart. There's no question. Hartenstein made a big play late. Randall had a big tip late. That's all true. But Josh Hart was in the middle of everything, my friend, for the Knicks. Everything. everything. Oh, just monumental. And I'm going to tell you, the Knicks, Yes, they have the nuclear weapon over there in Donovan Mitchell, but he went for 38 points. I mean, what does it take for that team to like beat this Knicks team? I think this Knicks team is like, you know, the bench wise, like quickly. I, yeah. Quickly did nothing in this game. Did absolutely nothing in this game. Well, Charlie, I, I think for, for Cleveland's perspective, if I'm them, I'm saying, look, we're going to shoot the ball better in game two. But if I'm Cleveland, they cannot let their bigs be as invisible as they were in this game. I thought Mobley and Allen were going to be a problem. And let's be real. They were not a problem. Mobley didn't scare you. Allen didn't scare you. Not in the least in this game, Charlie. No chance. Yeah, they both had double-digit rebounds, but it seemed hollow. Like, 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 like Randall got 10 boards and Harnstein, Harnstein got his rebound and Mitchell Robinson... Like another key, uh, another key was Mitchell Robinson was like two years ago. He was very missed, and like early in the game. Well, Capella killed him. You remember Capella killed him in a series two years ago. Yeah, absolutely killed him. Like, like didn't he didn't have the like easy alley oops for the Cavs from like you know to Allen or even Mobley. Like, and of course Hart got ten rebounds. But, but my goodness, like, and, and like this was like this is the game the Knicks really stole this steal steal this one like. I'm glad that General uh, Point, the Point General Brunson, is in is in the is in the building for this Knicks and JJ. Imagine that crowd Friday night, 8:30 at Madison Square. Oh, that is going to be a rocking crowd. And Charlie, listen, you bring up a very good point there, brother. Excellent call, excellent point. That is an 8:30 crowd. That is not a seven o'clock crowd. That means that crowd's got a little extra time to stay at happy hour, a little extra time to enjoy a few more libations. That is going to be a raucous, rowdy, insane environment at the Garden. Trying to get in that building.
We'll do our best. Can't promise anything, but we'll do our best. We will have a space Friday night. I mean, we're going to have a lot more spaces coming up over the next few weeks. That I can guarantee you. All right, let's take a few more. Uh, let's head to, I, I don't know what this guy's name is, but apparently he runs the Mikhail Bridges fan page. So uh, you're not Mikhail Bridges. I know that. You had a game earlier today, but welcome. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm a Nova grad, so seeing Brunson. Oh, it's nice. I'll tell you, thank you, uh, Syracuse guy. Enjoying two Villanova guys kill it for my basketball team. Thank you. Thank you. Hart and Brunson just do what they've done their entire basketball careers, just close out games. When it got tight and the pressure got ratcheted up, they they closed. I mean, that's what they do. Uh, So just let me ask you a question as a Nova guy, because you watch Jalen Brunson in college very intently. Like I watched a lot of them. You watched more of them. Are you surprised he's this good in the NBA? He's a workhorse. He works so, so much on his game. He's six feet tall, and yet he can get a bucket on basically anyone. I mean, he works so much. If they're going to continue to put Osman on him for the series one-on-one. like Oh, he torched him. At the end of the game, he torched him. Now, Osman, I want to give credit to. I want to be fair to Osman. He did a decent job early in the fourth quarter. Now, maybe Brunson was just forcing the issue and didn't take good shots and turn the ball over, whatever. But you saw late in the game, dude. I mean, Brunson was torching him. He had no chance of guarding him late. None. In that defensive matchup, he's just going to abuse up the series. The, the Knicks didn't even shoot that well. I, I hear what you're saying with Cleveland. They're going to make more shots, but the Knicks didn't even shoot well. So if, the, if this is the best effort they give, for, they, they can, I don't know. I, I don't see Cleveland matching up very well the rest of the series because um, the Knicks can shoot better too. Listen, I feel good about where the Knicks are. They won the first game in this series. Um, Cleveland's going to be heard from. I'm worried still about the size of what Cleveland and those two twin towers can provide in Mobley and, of course, with Jared Allen. But Cleveland shot the ball terribly today. I mean, they were as bad as can be outside of Donovan Mitchell from beyond the three-point arc. And remember, it is a young team that doesn't have a lot of experience outside of Mitchell. Even Mitchell doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. You know, it's the bubble year. They were in the second round a couple of years ago. So I guess he has some. But it's not like Mitchell's coming from a place where he's been in the NBA Finals and the Conference Finals year after year after year. It's a winnable series for the Knicks. That's always the way I have felt. Changes nothing after game one. Very winnable. Let's head to Petey, who's up next. He joins us. Petey, the floor is yours. Hello, sir. JJ. Petey, babe. What's happening, dude? A couple of things. First of all, the Knicks need to bring back the all-black uh, sneakers. The shaved heads, but they're not going to do that anyway. Uh, oh, going back to the 90s days. I mean, you know, I got to be honest, Petey, when I'm watching the start of this game today and I see the uniforms they're wearing, I'm like, that is such a terrible omen. I'm like, they can't just wear the basic blue uniforms. But listen, didn't matter today. They win the game. They can wear, they can wear those uniforms for the next three months, as far as I'm concerned, if they're going to keep winning, whatever works, you know? Care because a lot of Jeff fans get into the uniforms. I don't even care. I just the black sneakers to me were like the Knicks, you know, toughness back in the day. But anyway, you know, the Knicks started off sluggish in the second half. They came back, you know, they didn't let Cleveland, you know, pull away. And then at the end, I mean, I tweeted it when they blew that lead. I'm like, it was an, it was almost an epic collapse. But thank God there was enough time left. So I just put the kids to bed. I just wanted to chime in and say hello and appreciate your space, man. Thanks. Well, Petey, appreciate you, bro. Listen, perfect way to end the night. Kids to bed, hopefully a cocktail in hand, and uh, you can celebrate game one for the New York Knickerbockers. Let's take uh, 
Let's take two more and then we'll say goodbye. Mike uh, joins us. Mike, the floor is yours. Welcome in. How we doing, babe? JJ, how we doing? Doing great, Mike. No complaints here. What's your question for you? How much rope do we give RJ? I don't know. And I just jumped on, so sorry if someone asked this earlier. How much rope do we give him knowing, obviously, the contract and him starting, you know, all 80 of 82 games this year? Uh, being up 1-0, I think you have some wiggle room. But going into games, you know, 2-3-4, I mean, in my opinion, I think this could go six or seven games. So at what point does Tibbs kind of pull him back? Because to be honest, tonight he almost cost us in the end there outside of the heroics from Brunson. That's totally fair. Uh, Barrett could not have been worse tonight. Could not have been worse. Uh, I don't think you'll see any changes to the starting lineup. But at the end of these games, and remember, a lot of this is matchup-driven, and Tibbs all year is going to pour the matchup that he likes between quickly, Barrett, Grimes. Hart absolutely has to be out there down the stretch. I thought quickly, quite frankly, was one of those guys that had to be out there down the stretch. But, I mean, if Barrett's going to stick up the joint, and it's going to go 2 or 12, and it's going to be minus 13 while he's on the floor, then to your point, then he can't be out there at the end of these games. See, I don't, Mike, get worked up in the idea of who starts, right? Like, the Knicks can start R.J. Barrett. That's fine. Maybe he gets off to a good start. You don't want to lose him that way. But at the end of the game, when it matters the most, when you're in crunch time, that to me is where it's like, hey, he can't be out here. That to me is the difference. No, totally agreed. Uh, those are all good points. And then before I let you go, uh, when is Rogers coming over? Is it you think it's a done deal, and they're just waiting to get the logistics done, or, or what's going on there? Well, he's going to be a Jet. We all know he's going to be a Jet. When is it going to happen? I mean, dude, I, I have no idea. Quite frankly, your guess is as good as mine. I, I'll say this: Week one against whoever they're playing, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Jets, and hopefully. You know, he throws a couple of interceptions to Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, but yeah, just, you know, I had to go there. I had to go there. We're going to have a lot of fun this football season. Your Jet fans are going to be really sick and tired of me, especially if the Dolphins are good, because I'm going to be like uh, a cockroach. I'm going to be an irritant. I had some day today, man. Couldn't make a putt at South Shore, but I had some day today. Golf, come back, watch a little baseball, watch a little basketball. Nixon in game one. I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling good. Final call. The great Jeff Money in Queens. He joins us. Money, it's like old times. We're closing out alive. How are you, sir? Oh, buddy, what's up? How was your day at picking? Today, I, had a, I finally had a good day. Yes, I didn't have a good day today. I had-, I had a good day. Listen, so far, two for two. I need Sacramento to bring it home. But I had the Celtics earlier today. That was a win. I had the Knickerbockers earlier today. That was a win. Uh, let's hope that uh, Sacramento makes it three for three. In baseball, I said, how can I? I said, I had a good line with the Yankees after losing the first two. I said, how can you not go with them today? It was a great 130 line. And I had the Marlins. I squeaked that one out. So I had a nice day today. Who do you like uh, tomorrow? You already give you, I just walked in. So who do you like anything in the NBA? So I so full disclosure, Jeff Money, I'm literally looking at the spreads tomorrow for the first time now. I have not seen any of the spreads. Because like I said, I was on a golf course earlier today. Um, we did a little. All right, here we go. Memphis is favored by three and a half. I kind of like the Lakers. I don't love the game. I'll tell you who I do like tomorrow. I like the Clippers grab, uh, grabbing a seven against Phoenix tomorrow. I like that. I like the T-Wolves plus the seven and a half over the Nuggets. It's the only one I like for tomorrow in the NBA. I always worry with the altitude, but you do have to take into account Minnesota is going to be the sharper team going into that game. Denver hasn't played in forever. 
Minnesota played on Tuesday. They played again on Friday. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Minnesota, if I were playing that game, Minnesota's the right side. The, the game I like tomorrow, though, if I'm playing one game in the NBA tomorrow, I like the Clippers tomorrow, plus seven. All right. Yeah, I didn't look over the baseball yet, but as far as the NBA, that's definitely what I'm going to uh, go with. And, and uh, you're doing also a Sunday pod, right? You're doing- yeah, well, no days off for us, bro. We had a live reaction show to the Knicks. We will have a full-fledged pod getting ready for game two, getting ready for Rangers game one. We'll recap the baseball weekend. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot to do, Jeff Money. It's going to be a lot of work for me over the next couple of weeks, but, you know, I like it. Uh, yeah, I saw, you, I saw the video with the little bit of the golf thing with Eagle Eye. Well, I, let me tell you something. And I don't think the video Eagle Eye took does it justice. So I scold the pitching wedge over the green. This had to be one of the steepest hills, Jeff Money, I've ever hit a golf ball on. Like, you could not. You, you uh, Literally, I felt like I was going to fall down a hill hitting the ball. I literally tapped the ball, Jeff Money, and it rolled about 50 yards. Like, that's how steep that damn hill was to the point where I'm, like, basically on my ass trying to balance myself to make sure I don't fall running off of it. So, yeah, some, uh, some quality content from our buddy Eagle Eye Picks. That is true. Nice. For the first time today, I was in uh, Dumbo, the Dumbo area in Brooklyn. Oh, you were in my hood in Brooklyn. That's a great spot. It's like 10 minutes from me in Brooklyn. Fantastic. Oh, nice. A nice restaurant. They got that uh, little thing of thingamajig with all the different restaurants inside there, a little dark in there. But uh, a nice area over there. The first time I took the uh, boat over there and I went over there, you know, the New York City Ferry, took it over there. And then I went to Pier 11 after that. But yeah, it was, I always want to go by Dumbo. I said, oh, I always hear a lot of good stuff over there. Nice area. Well, listen, fantastic money. Next time you're in town, you got to make your way over to Brooklyn Heights and Cabell Hill and Carroll Gardens. And, uh, you know, I'll see you in the neighborhood. This is a ton of fun. Jeff Money, we kind of line tomorrow on Minnesota. I like the Clippers plus the seven. That's my NBA play for the day. We'll have a Sunday pod. Thank you for listening here on Twitter Spaces. Posted on New York, New York. Good job by Stefan. JJ out. One down, three to go for the Knickerbockers. And a whole lot of work to do for the Brooklyn Nets. We out. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.